honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Logan Timberwolves fans, are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. want to thank each and every one of you always for joining me once again today for this will be the 2019-2020 Timberwolves and NBA season preview. <laughs> Believe it or not, this will be my 12th version of one of those. 2008, dating all the way back to 2008. This is a great, great granddaddy podcast <laughs> at this point in the podcasting world. 2011 is considered extremely old, ancient, 2008. So can't thank all of you enough that have been around for a good number of years, five years, six years, eight years, maybe 12. Thank you and God bless all of you that have been around. Going to be an interesting season. More positive vibe with the coach, more positive vibe with the president of basketball operations, and it's nice that it's two different people this time instead of the same gruff guy who nobody really was a huge fan of. Andrew Wiggins certainly wasn't a huge fan of. Interesting comments by him along the way that I kind of agree with, and hopefully uh, we will see the result. Talk is cheap. That is a huge theme of the show today in a lot of ways. Talk is cheap. You know, guys are all making all these dramatic quotes like they're going to be so unbelievable and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to give everything I got. Well, you know, that's good. That's good to hear you say that. Now, let's see it. Now, of course, I got uh, given a hard time when I when Carl Anthony Towns had a dramatic quote earlier talking about how he's so unhappy with last year and we're going to be so much better this year. And, and I just said, talk is cheap. And then people were like, yeah, cats sucked last year. The fact of the matter is I never said cats sucked. And of course, this is on a Facebook page. But, uh, yeah, I never said cat sucked. I just said, talk is cheap. Let's just go out and win then. Yeah, you want to win so much? Then then let's go out and win. Regardless, that's not saying anybody sucks. Now, Andrew Wiggins has had a huge drop-off the past couple years. And then he showed moments of improvement. He showed better defense. And then, you know, and then he's just, you know, he had that big, dramatic, awesome win against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And then eh, the points went back down. Then he had spectacular numbers this year, you know, the years in the past, and then he dropped off the next, or he'd show up and he'd disappear, show up and disappear. Interesting quotes by Andrew Wiggins just a couple days ago. I might as well get to it now, as he basically throwed shade at Tom Thibodeau. He is the debated figure going into the season. Carl Anthony Towns is the most valuable player for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Jared Culver is an X-factor in terms of, hey, you know, is he going to be a number two star, a number three star? Is he going to be just a role player? Is he going to be incredibly good, almost as good as Cat or Carl Anthony Towns? That's where things come. Or is Andrew Riggins truly going to be that the guy we all thought he was going to be at the beginning? Or at least we were hoping he was going to be coming from Kentucky, going all the way back to the beginning. And of course, Andrew Wiggins coming out of Kansas as a defensive player, at least that's what they thought coming into the draft. And he turns out to be more of an offensive player with very little defense in the NBA until the last year or so when you saw some promising signs. So it's going to be interesting. Of course, Robert Covington motivating Andrew Wiggins in a good way. That was, of course, again, before Tom Thibodeau was fired. We'll talk about what Andrew Wiggins had to say about Tom Thibodeau briefly. It was mostly about how 
things that Andrew Wiggins was basically on the rise before he came along and that, you know, anybody can really, anybody can yell. He just wants a coach to be real with him about this and that. And that's what we're hearing right now. I mean, I thought Sam Mitchell is the kind of guy always that was real with Andrew Wiggins. And a lot of Andrew Wiggins' best seasons came with Sam Mitchell, ironically. I don't think Tom Thibodeau was a good fit for Andrew Wiggins, whether you want to make that as an excuse or not for Andrew. Obviously, his first couple years in the league, he went up. Andrew Wiggins got better and better every year. Field goal percentage up his first three years in the NBA. Rookie season, about 17 points. Field goal percentage at 43.7, not that great. His second year with, uh, of course, Sam Mitchell taking over. Flip Saunders was there in Andrew's rookie year. Sam Mitchell taking over for very unfortunate reasons, as we know very well now. Uh, 20 days away from the fourth anniversary already of Flip's death. It's so, so, it still brings chills down my spine. Still does. 15-16, second year. Look at the field goal percentage. Almost 46%. Career high, actually, for Andrew Wiggins. 20.7. And then the next year, Mr. Zach Levine gets hurt. And, well, Andrew Wiggins' numbers continue to go up. Unfortunately, again, Sam Mitchell let go. Andrew Wiggins' numbers go up. And Zach Levine was injured, unfortunately, after the All-Star break. Now, Andrew Wiggins' numbers were up, again, partially because of that. But you got a weird vibe from Andrew Wiggins throughout that season. They're like, huh, he's not really as good as we thought, this and that. You kind of got that vibe from him. But I, I just don't think Tom Thibodeau was the right fit. Again, hired in April 2016 as not only the coach but the president of basketball. A lot of us really were questioning the move way back at the time. So it's nothing like hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, well, <laughs> foresight was twenty twenty. I thought for me and, and others. Andrew did have a lot of career numbers that year. Field three throw percentage seventy six percent, which was pretty much on the button his first three seasons in the NBA, which is crazy. His second year with Sam Mitchell though led. Uh, it's his career high. Pardon me, seven. Exactly seven free throw attempts a game. He got to the line. He had some big clutch performances, especially early that season in games against the Clippers and Sixers and such. Little did we know about Jimmy Butler and all that. That was all way, way off in the future. (laughs) There was just always rumors about he would come here with Mr. Uh, Tom Thibodeau as coach. Generally speaking, during those years, you saw some more clutch play out of Andrew Wiggins especially again in the Sam Mitchell days, but even in the Flip Saunders days, the first couple of, the first couple of years there, Flip and Sam, you saw Andrew Wiggins clutch. You saw Andrew Wiggins drive to the basket. You saw a little bit of Dominique Wiggins, which I talked about with that spin move. Though Dominique would spin as he's driving to the basket and dunking. That's the Andrew Wiggins that I want to continue to see. And, of course, a better three-point percentage. Uh, his best three-point percentage, that being Andrew's, was, again, his top season there. Again, Tom Thibodeau's first year with the Wolves. And back then, Tom Thibodeau was ISOing Andrew Wiggins at times, which people thought was a little crazy, but at the same time, it worked. Um, but again, crazy how right on the button. Andrew Wiggins, 76% every year. And then 17-18 was by far Andrew Wiggins' worst year in every category, except field goal percentage, which was last year. Andrew's field goal percentage just dropped off the face of the earth. Um, career low in... Free throw percentage, 64.3, just ridiculous, 17.7. And again, this most recent season, 18.1. Free throw percentage popped up about 5%, which is good. Back up to about 70, which isn't great, but respectable. Three-point percentage, about 34. And a career high in three-point attempts. And again, you got to think that's the later stages of last season when uh, Ryan Saunders took over as head coach. Generally speaking, though, the two-point attempts, the long twos were just off the charts, and that's why Andrew Wiggins' field goal percentage continued to drop. As weak as his field goal percentage is, particularly last year, and as weak as some of the shots were, 
at least he's not under 40%. That's one thing you can say. I know that might be the lamest thing you could say in the world, according to some people, but hey, at least it's over uh, over 40% every year, and his overall career field goal percentage is 44%, which isn't that bad, but it could be a hell of a lot better with a guy of his athleticism, him being, of course, the often mentioned Andrew Wiggins. I've been critical of him. Everybody in this town has been critical of him. I have not been as critical, generally speaking, because I know there's more there. I don't want to beat him up too much because, again, I know there's more there. I'm not one of the people that's saying give up two first-round picks <laughs> to, to get rid of him, that type of thing. Yes, the contract sucks. But, you know, I think there's still something there. I think there's 23, 24 points a game still inside of Andrew Wiggins. I think it's very possible. And, again, with the right coach who's, quote-unquote, real with him, which is what he would like to say in an interview with uh, Phil Mackey, of Score North now, as they call it, <laughs> the last about 10 months or so, nine months, whatever. Um, that's what he said. He wants a coach to be real with him because, I mean, anybody can yell. And I agree with that. Anybody can yell. I can yell at Andrew Wiggins. And is that going to make a hell of a lot of a difference? Uh, some, not too much, but that's how it is. That's how it is. I mean, anybody can yell. Yelling isn't going to be a solution to really a whole lot of anything. And I don't know, that's what Tom Thibodeau did, and of course the infamous stupid mother bleeper when Carl uh, Anthony Towns basically did a Brett Favre in Clipperland during the uh, one successful season the Timberwolves have had the last 15 years in terms of making the postseason. That's the thing, though, pretty much ever since Tom Thibodeau was here, you got the vibe the whole team was miserable, especially in the quote-unquote successful season. Now, we could have won 50 games if the son of a biscuit stayed healthy. Um, the uh, Miami Heat player, we'll just call him that now, if he freaking stayed healthy, maybe we would have won 50 games. But everybody was miserable. Uh, Jimmy Butler's an asshole. Tom Thibodeau is, you know, he's not even an asshole. He's just, I don't know, out of place. He's like, he sticks out like a sore thumb. He's like a square peg getting pounded through a round hole, that type of thing in this day and age. It just, you know, it, it doesn't fit. And modern times, it does fit. It does fit a bit more what's going on with... Uh, the uh, Ryan Saunders and Gerson Rosas approach. Gerson Rosas has swung and missed a couple times the past summer, but at least he tried. There's that. Uh, you could say Thibodeau swung and missed trying to get Jimmy Butler, and then he did get him. And then, well, yeah, he got hit by a pitch day with, with that one. He was hitting the head, I think, with a with a 99-mile-an-hour fastball right in the forehead from Nolan Ryan, something like that. Uh, you have a younger roster. Derrick Rose is gone. I am not sad about Derrick Rose being gone. I'm I'm sorry, I'm not sad. He was kind of a gunner. You never knew when the son of a gun was going to be healthy. You, you, you just didn't. It's, you know, and it's like, I, I don't know. It's He got pissed off when people like were like, uh, he thought people were treating him like he's 38 years old and he's just 20 or, you know, 29, 30, 31, whatever, the past year and a half. But whatever, uh, you're you're out every other game, though, for cripe's sake. You're missing time. You're down to 18 minutes instead of 30. And then when you're healthy, Regardless, you're shooting the ball like 20 times, and that's not always good. That's not what you're here to do. Uh, you got that situation. But now, again, a younger roster. Gorgie Zheng and Jeff Teague is actually the oldest player on the team. A, uh, Raised by Wolves was talking about how Gorgie's the oldest. It's actually Jeff Teague, but eh, honest, honest mistake. Who cares? It's just two guys pushing 30 or over 30 in Gorgie and Jeff Teague's case. Jeff Teague is in the final year of his contract. That is a 
expiring contract that is a tradable asset. So that could happen. Unfortunately, you don't necessarily have any guaranteed point guard behind him at this moment, which i got to think in the offseason or trade deadline, there will be a point guard added to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, Jared Terrell will have a decent shot of making the club. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, and, of course, the uh, rookie by the name of Jared Culver as possible point guard in his future as well. I'm not sure if that's what you want, but he, he looked pretty good, obviously, for Texas Tech playing the position off and on. We'll see what Jared Culver's role is going to be in certain projected starting lineups. They have Jared Culver starting at small forward, which to me is incorrect. Andrew Wiggins is going to be starting at small forward. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is a small forward for the Minnesota Timberwolves unless he gets traded or something, which he's not going to be traded. Uh, I believe the uh, projected starting lineup is Carl Anthony Towns at the five. Uh, Mr. <laughs> and finally, son of a gun is healthy. Mr. Uh, Robert Covington at power forward of all things, but he is six nine, so he's six nine and pretty well built. So it's not that crazy and that unbelievable to imagine him as a power forward. Carl Malone was six nine, but yeah, he was built like a freaking truck. Uh, small forward Andrew Wiggins, shooting guard Josh Okogie, I do believe will be the starting shooting guard and point guard Jeff Teague, Jeffrey Jeff Teague. As for uh, other than that. Shabazz Napier's your backup point guard, and he's got talent, he's got this, he's got that, he's already in his upper 20s, I can't believe it. Uh, then you have all kinds of other players, Jordan, Jordan McLaughlin's going to try to make it, uh, Kaelin, Mar- Kaelin Martin sounds interesting, Jake Lehman is one of the more intriguing guys, kind of a stretch four who didn't shoot well in the second half of last season for the Trail Blazers, I won't call them the Jail Blazers anymore, Trevon Graham, another addition from the Brooklyn Nets in the offseason. Jordan McLaughlin, Jordan Graham, uh, Trevon Graham, Jordan McLaughlin, and Shabazz Napier coming from Brooklyn in the offseason. Jared Terrell, who was okay last year. He's okay. Nothing spectacular. Tyrone Wallace is going to do the best he can. Lindell Wigginton is an interesting guy. Sounds pretty cool. Noah Vunla's got all kinds of, uh, you know, he, 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 he can kind of... He's a bit of a double-double threat when he's given the opportunity. Certainly not up to being the ninth pick in the draft but uh, in 2014, but he's not a bad player. Uh, he's solid for the Blazers. Very good for the Knicks last year, finally getting some serious minutes, about 25 and a half. And again, about 8-8 eight and eight out there. That ain't bad, eh? Uh, about 34% from downtown, generally for throughout his career, 32% for Mr. Noah Vunla. Vunley, Vunley, if I ever get that one right. Jake Lehman, again, one of the more intriguing guys. Kind of a stretch, an athletic stretch four, stretch three, kind of a small forward. I'd say he's more of a small forward. He's going to be reserving Andrew Wiggins here and there. He is only 6'9 and pretty light. And he's got potential from downtown, this and that. Doesn't blow anybody away right now, but does have potential to be an intriguing player. Again, second half of last year was crummy. First half was pretty uh, exciting. According to the Portland Trailblazers, they just weren't willing to make a uh, multi-year commitment, I suppose. And Mr. Lehman comes to Minnesota, and, well, we'll see. Hopefully he can uh, fill that role nicely in in the uh, in the years coming up. Again, a three-year contract for that guy. Jared Culver, again, huge X-Factor. He's going to be wearing number 23 in honor of the butthead, who is uh, obviously long gone. Robert Covington's defense is all-world. Gotta love what he can bring. Uh, Jordan Bell, he's been talking about, they've been uh, having him work on three-point shots, becoming a stretch four, stretch three, stretch, stretch four, stretch four, stretch five, that type of guy. <sighs> How many threes has he attempted in his career? Uh, well, 
he's never shot a three-pointer. He's never made a three-pointer in his entire career. So, okay, uh, we'll see. But he has attempted six threes and missed them all so far throughout his career. Also, his playing time very limited for the Golden State Warriors. Jordan Bell, interesting addition, I guess. I don't know what's going to happen with him. I think he's a little bit too far down the, uh, a little bit too far down the depth chart. The guy that intrigues me to no end is Jalen Noel. Again, he's another guy who can be a point guard and a shooting guard. I like his potential going into the season. The contract scrabble was kind of silly. It dragged out longer than anybody would have imagined. So that's something to worry about a little bit, but at least that's out of the way. It's just you hope his attitude is in the right place. You hope he's not expecting to get 30 minutes a game or anything. I suppose if uh, Jeff T gets hurt, if he has an oft-injured type of season, Jalen Noel will get significant time. Also, Shabazz Napier would get significant time should that take place. Uh, Shabazz Napier certainly not living up to the starting point guard uh, talent that people thought he was. Well, he's not bad. I mean, he's like a 9-point, 8-point kind of guy. You don't really see a whole lot of spectacular uh, floor general play out of him either. He's been a bit of a journeyman, unfortunately, throughout his career, his young career. This is his fourth team already in uh, now six seasons. So started off with the Heat, the Magic, uh, the Heat one year, the Magic the next, a couple years with the uh, Trailblazers, and then Brooklyn last year, which were all career highs on a pretty good team. Uh, He can shoot the three, though, can uh, Shabazz Napier. Not at a spectacular clip, but at a above-average clip on occasion. I guess in today's day and age, it might not be above-average. He's about 36% from downtown, 38 with the Portland Trailblazers two years ago. 38% last year, literally made one-third of his threes. So, uh-huh. so 3-3.3. That was definitely a career low in that category for Shabazz. Shabazz Napier, the uh, very <laughs> lanky, thin point guard there for the Timber Puppies. Jordan Bell, I, I don't see a whole lot from Jordan Bell right now. I don't think he's going to, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess we'll we'll have to find out. The guy that intrigues a lot of people when it comes to big men is Nas Reed. He's not even showing up on the on the uh, the depth chart. That's how low they have him, unfortunately, which is kind of a shame. Uh, Jordan Bell is definitely going to see time at power forward along with Noah Vunley. I got to think Noah Vunley has got to be the backup power forward, right? But he'll also probably play some center. Same with Jordan Bell. Gorgie Zhang, same thing. He's going to be kind of all over the place, but Gorgie's not going to be starting. He is that strong veteran presence in the locker room at 16.4 a year. Expensive, but it's not like he's a bad player. Uh, Jared Culver, though, I like his uh, potential. I like uh, what he can bring. Got to work on that hitch on the jump shot and the free throws. My God. So that does scare me quite a bit. Jared Culver needs to work on his strength and of course the hitch in his shots has got to go. It's got to go. Like I said earlier, like I said man, that was months ago since the last episode. I do apologize for that. It's got to go. Uh, I'll just keep saying that. Jared Culver is a uh, hitch in his shot. That is, oof. Ugh. Scares the living bleep out of me quite frankly, if you want to be quite honest. Andrew Wiggins will be the small forward, though. I mean, this shooting guard stuff, well, it was he was shooting guard out of necessity, and, of course, Robert Covington was a small forward. That was why. I mean, what what are you going to do? So, to me, Josh Okogie starts at shooting guard with uh, Ryan Saunders' roster. I got to think with Ryan Saunders' starting lineup coming into the regular season. It's got to be. I don't think Jared Culver's going to be starting. I don't think he's going to be starting, but he's going to get a lot of minutes at small forward, shooting guard, and point guard. Mostly shooting guard and point guard, I got to think, Jared Culver, actually. I don't think he's going to see a whole lot of time at small forward. He's not even 200 pounds. I don't think we want him at small forward. Andrew Wiggins is a natural small forward to me, and I think he can bring more of that versatility as well. 
Uh, small forward, you can kind of do anything. You can post up. You can do catch-and-shoot threes. You can drive to the basket. You can be a solid rebounder. You can set other players up, this and that. I think that's more of what Andrew Wiggins' role will be down the stretch. Josh Okogie is just not tall enough to play small forward. He's six foot four, but he's physical, extremely gritty defensively. Love Josh Okogie so much, and I think he's earned at least a right to get significant minutes this season. If he's a starter, being like maybe the number five guy out of the five in terms of the offense and such, it doesn't matter. As long as he's on the floor and he's doing his job, that's what I care about with uh, Josh Okogie, and that's a guy that's not going to let you down a whole lot. Hopefully his uh, jump shot has improved, a little better three-point shooting. And i got to think with this vision from Gerson Rosas, it sounds like you're looking for some defense at three. You're going to look for a lot of three and D from uh, Mr. Gerson Rosas and Ryan Saunders. Three D and speed. Speed, three and D, i got to think from these guys. I do hope uh, that is a uh, that, that things project well with a lot of these newer players. Some length, some speed, and some threes. The length obviously can help provide the defense and the athleticism, this and that. Guys that can explode to the basket or launch threes and they'll be tougher to guard. That's another thing to look forward to heading into the next couple of years with Jake Lehman and uh, getting significant minutes at small forward, maybe some power as well. Again, Josh Okogie, i got to think he could be trade bait. He could be a package deal. If the Timberwolves make some kind of an interesting trade down the stretch, it would be a shame to see him go, but you might end up having to make a trade at some point involving Josh Okogie or Jared Culver, which is sad, or, of course, Andrew Wiggins, if uh, that's the way things go. <sighs> but, obviously, Andrew Wiggins, oh, let's give up three first-round picks to get rid of Andrew's contract. Oh, he's just terrible. But I do think there's a lot more there than meets the eye, and I know this and that. Uh, I know, again, he's the odds of Andrew Wiggins living up to that contract is probably slimmer than a lot of us want to admit, including myself. But it is what it is. There's no reason to believe that trading Andrew Wiggins with a bunch of first-round picks is a smart idea, though. Great. I mean, okay, so we're going to sign a free agent, right? We're going to use that free agent money and strike out again. Hello? Hello? Bloop? I mean, you know, we can't get too cocky that we're going to bring in free agent this year. We're going to bring in the best free agent in the, you know, next July we're going to bring in the best free agent there is. We're just going to kick some ass. No, we're not. We don't bring in free agents that much. Can can we be blunt and honest? We don't bring free agents in. We can be the cutest, most attractive front office in the world. That doesn't mean we're going to bring in the best free agent. doesn't mean we're going to get the next Kevin Durant uh, free agent signing, that type of thing. Uh, it's, it's just not going to happen. The Kevin Durants of the world aren't coming here. Okay? So it's just, it's just the way it is. We were lucky to get uh, Mr. We were lucky to get attention from Mr. <laughs> D-Lo. You know, it's just, you know, I, I just, we were lucky to get attention from him, and I know that, and look and look what happened. He's, he's Carl's best friend. It's just a match made in heaven, and he goes to the Warriors, that asshole. So that's just how it is. The NBA is a bunch of assholes that way. You know, they always want to go to the, to the they always want to go to the West Coast, or, or to the South, or to the West Coast, or to Miami, or to the South, or to the West Coast, or to Miami, or the West Coast, or the South, or to Miami. They don't even go to New York because they know it's a diseased franchise at the moment. So even though it's the big city and glitz and glamour, yeah, but the Knicks suck and stuff. And again, I apologize. I don't want to trash on the Knicks. I'd like to see them get better. We'll talk about them in segment number two. D'Angelo Russell, what a frustration that was. And there's not a whole lot we can do about it. See? So if you're going to sit here and count on free agents, I don't know. I mean, we've we got to probably appreciate who we have right now and hope we can make trades. That's the best way to make it, uh, to, to get things moving forward. 
trading guys away just to get rid of their contract isn't always going to help though I think it's good to get rid of the contract if the guy's complete garbage I understand that part it's just unfortunately counting on a free agent coming is not really a winning formula either at least it hasn't been the last X amount of years maybe we will be a destination franchise one day I just don't see it happening though that's just the way I'm looking at it I'm just being real like Andrew Wiggins I'm being real and I'm not yelling I'm just talking louder than I should maybe (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Jared Culver, I, I, you know, Jared Culver, Andrew Wiggins, it's going to be interesting how those two guys turn out. And again, Nas Reed, there's a guy with a temper uh, on occasion, apparently in the McDonald's game. Marcus the Forecaster pointed out that he nearly took someone's head off during that game. Got pretty pissed off, frustrated, throwing the ball at somebody. Must He probably thought it was dodgeball or trench or something. That's that's probably what it was. He just he just had like a like a weak moment where he just like, he, he, he thought he was playing dodgeball for a second. No, he was just kind of losing his mind a little bit. But uh, very intriguing prospect is Nas Reed. That's somebody, again, doesn't really show up on the on the depth chart all so well. I hope that doesn't mean anything bad, but they did give him a bit of a guaranteed contract, though, and a couple of years here, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Guaranteed this year, not necessarily guaranteed next year, but an opportunity for him to be around with the Timberwolves and hopefully make some noise and have a successful career in the NBA. Certainly has the athleticism, some strength, Nas Reed, an intriguing factor. The chances of the Timberwolves making the playoffs with this roster, you know, I have nothing against the roster. I love Robert Covington. Carl Anthony Towns is a potential MVP candidate. And Cat did not suck last year. Okay, so I'll keep saying that. He did not suck last year. I just don't get all riled up and excited about all these beautiful quotes that, I just want to win. We're going to win. I just want to win. Yeah, okay. You know, it's like we've heard it all. We heard that for dec- for decades from other star players. I'll just leave that alone. And, you know, you saw a lot of the same stuff you saw the next year. And that's not ripping on anybody. It's just you, nothing was really different. You know, nothing was really all that different, was it? Just I'm, <laughs> I'm just presenting an argument. That's all. I'm just presenting an argument. I mean, it, stuff doesn't always change that, that easily. I mean, sometimes you are who you are if that's good or bad. If Carl Anthony Towns' defense continues to improve, which it showed signs of last season, okay, let's get that MVP trophy ready to go here because he just might be uh, looking at one at some point in time. Hopefully he does bring in one or two throughout his career, or three or four. <laughs> Jared Culver, yeah, I keep talking about him, but it's just, he's a huge X factor. He really is. If this team's going to make the playoffs, it's not going to be because of Jeff Teague. It's not going to be because of Gorgie Jang. It's not going to even be because of uh, Robert Covington other than staying healthy and being who he is. Just simply being who he is is going to be a huge reason why the Wolves are competitive. But it's going to be guys like Andrew Wiggins, Josh Okogie, and Jared Culver. That's your big three, I think, if you're going to make the playoffs. If those three guys, you know, say Andrew Wiggins makes a big step forward, you know, into what he should be, you know, plays solid defense and the numbers get up to 20 to 22 points a game, Three-point percentage is, is uh, t- tapping on 40% and up. Wouldn't that be something? And Josh Okogie takes a step forward. He's a 12-point-a-game uh, guy who can hit a three-point shot and play spectacular defense. And Jarrett Culver ends up being a legitimate top-six uh, type of player in the NBA draft. Yeah, then then the, yeah, then this team can make the playoffs. But obviously the chances of all three of those happening in the same year are not that good. You know, it's a lot of positive thinking, but that's how you, that's how the Wolves are going to get there. Again, Carl Anthony Towns continues closer and closer to an MVP type of player, takes another step forward. The points remain similar, 
the rebounds remain similar. The defense improves, and he's more clutch down the stretch. And, of course, Andrew Wiggins can bring some of that silent assassin back to his game because when Andrew Wiggins is the silent assassin, and the reason why I called him the silent assassin in the first place is because of those spectacular games he had against teams like the Clippers, teams like the the the... the the Hawks, teams like the, it was years ago on the road, uh, Philadelphia, he had some unbelievable games, unbelievable fourth quarters where he was just just lighting it up, driving to the basket, getting to the free throw line. He'd, he'd go from 16 to 33 in like just a couple minutes, and he was spectacular. There is a sight of Andrew Wiggins that is an absolute assassin. It's in him, damn it. It's in him, I saw it, and, and those of you that have been around the last couple years, maybe four or five years ago, you saw it, damn it. You saw it, his second year, his third year, and his first. Yes, his first, when Carl wasn't even here yet. And uh, Zach Levine was a, a, a very, very skinny guy who could barely get off the bench the first couple first couple months. And then once he started, too, he was pretty exciting as well. But uh, Andrew Wiggins has that silent assassin that could really make a difference. And if that guy comes back, and if that guy not only comes back, but is a consistent type of player who can play defense, he can be this matured player that we're hearing in these interviews and these conversations. He can be this guy that takes the step forward that you know is coming, that you know is in him. Uh, then that's when the Timberwolves could start talking playoffs. Right now, I don't see it happening, and you'll hear that in segment number two. So I say no, the Timberwolves do not make the playoffs, but still, again, that doesn't mean I don't see a lot of positive things happening. I don't see a lot of uh, positive steps in the future where the Wolves could absolutely make the playoffs next year. Uh, next season and go into something pretty spectacular after that. If Andrew Wiggins does take those major steps, Josh Akogi, Jared Culver, and of course the Wolves acquire a free agent or draft pick or uh, very interesting trade in the offseason or the trade deadline leading into things where maybe the Wolves do make the playoffs because we do get D'Angelo Russell because the Warriors are done renting D'Angelo Russell, which has been the rumor for a while because Clay Thompson comes back and why would you give a, a fortune to a guy who's just going to be like your third guard, which is what D'Lo would be in that case. Clay Thompson's not sitting on the bench for anybody. <laughs> Steph Curry's not sitting on the bench for anybody. Unless he's, again, some kind of insurance, you know, D'Angelo Russell. Why would D'Angelo Russell go to Golden State to be an insurance piece, though, in that sense? Because that's what he would be. Like, right now, he's just insurance. He's D'Angelo insurance. Eh, you know, would you want to do that? Even though you got the money... And it's the glitz and glamour of, of San Francisco. Uh, actually, it's Oakland. Oakland's not as glamorous as San Francisco, is it? But, yeah. But, it's well, it's in the same area. Damn it. Just a little short drive. <laughs> it used to be San Francisco. I'm sure they wish it still was. Um, what am I even talking about? I mean, seriously, though. You'd, you'd go there to be a third guard behind those guys? Well, good luck. <laughs> the only thing you're hoping for is injuries. And, yay, the guy's hurt and we're going to win 45 games. Yay. That's that's fun. I'm so glad I signed a contract here when I could have been the main point guard. Maybe the number two or number three star on the Timberwolves for many years. And we treated more like a star rather than one of the Warriors. One of the Golden... Oh, he's on the Golden State Warriors. That's that's D'Angelo Russell. He's on the Warriors rather than... It's Steph Curry. Oh my God. He's 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 the second coming, you know. Where here, it'd be like, oh, cool. D'Angelo Russell. He's, one of the star, he, he's a star player for the Wolves. Yeah. See? So, I don't know. It, it's it's odd. To me, it's a little bit on the odd side, but I guess that's how it is. Or is the new... I guess they're in San Francisco now, huh? Chase Center? Is that the new place? Chase Center? Cool. Well, it's in a, it's a preseason game, but 
I guess it is in San Francisco now. So that's good. Yeah, Oakland. Ugh, Oakland. I haven't heard a whole lot of good things about Oaktown, really, other than the Raiders are leaving and and it's an awful building and stuff. <sighs> Oakland Athletics are always have one of the lowest payrolls in baseball as well. Mm, that's all. That's pretty much Oakland for you, other than the the Warriors. So let's just call them the San Francisco Warriors again. That actually sounds better. I like it better. It sounds cool. Back in the old days. Oh, Lord. So, again, I don't think I don't think the Wolves make the playoffs, but I do think you see some positive steps forward. Building into the next season, we will have a starting point guard other than Jeff Teague by the trade deadline at the earliest and next summer at the latest, in my humble opinion. We will have a solution at the point guard position via trade or draft pick going into next season, I highly believe. I think Jeff Teague is in the final year of his He's in the fight. He's, he is in his final year with the Timberwolves. He'll wind up with the Nets or the the Warriors or something. Who knows? Maybe he'll end up going to the Bulls. I don't know what I'm talking about. But he's going to be a free agent and he will be on his way out. Again, expiring contract, so a move can be made with Jeff Teague at any time. Any time. Jalen Noel is not going to be a starting point guard for the Wolves. Shabazz Napier is not going to be a starting point guard for the Wolves. I don't think Jared Culver is either. We'll see. Somebody's going to get traded at some point. And again, don't be surprised if Jared Culver is the long-term starter at shooting guard with Andrew remaining a small forward because not only his contract, but because maybe he ends up actually being the good, solid player that was on the rise his first three seasons in the NBA. At the end of the day, I see the Wolves winning 35 to 39 games. Significant improvement. Much more positive vibe, but not quite in the playoff bracket just yet. That's just my guess. That's just my guess. I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Wolves win 50 games this year. I hope Somebody emerges, or three somebodies, like I talked about a few minutes ago, emerges, and the Minnesota Timberwolves take giant steps forward rather than baby steps forward. But at this moment, I say they take medium-sized steps forward. (laughs) Medium-sized steps forward. A much more positive vibe, a more modern approach, analytics, three-point shots, layups, athleticism, tough defense, and you'll have a successful franchise for many years with that approach. I do believe. I, I, I agree with Gerson Rosas and uh, Ryan Saunders, and I am extremely optimistic with those two guys leading this franchise for the next 15 to 20 years, if God willing. That'd be amazing if that takes place. That would mean we're, we're spectacular. If a coach and a general manager stick around that long, that means things are doing are going extremely, extremely well, and maybe the Wolves could bring home some hardware one day. <sighs> Wishful thinking? Maybe. Hopefully it ends up that direction at some point in the next two to five years. That would be freaking awesome. With that said, Timberwolves finished 35 to 39 wins, something like that, with 39 to 39 or 35 to 39 wins, and unfortunately do not quite make the playoffs, but are knocking on that door into next season, where they will make the playoffs most likely if players stay bleeping healthy and if we don't strike out in the off season for back-to-back summers. With that, we'll take a quick break and we will preview the rest of the NBA, and then finally segment number three: fan interaction. Well, this year, when it comes to predictions, expect the unexpected. It ain't going to be the bleeping Warriors again, that's for sure. Or at least it better not be. And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion. Time to look around the league at how I believe teams will finish. Going to use 
projections from 538.com, 538.com for 2020 NBA predictions. So citing the website, giving me uh, indications on who they believe will make the playoffs and how teams will finish. Eastern Conference, it looks like the 76ers and Bucks are at the top, and I, I, I definitely agree with that. The Celtics, this and that. Players getting moved around, of course, the Raptors. I still think they make the playoffs, but obviously the loss of Kawhi, a big difference. I think the Clippers obviously jump up in the Western Conference. Pacers should hang around the Nets. I mean, if only Kevin Durant was healthy, they'd be way at the top, but he's not healthy, so <laughs> he probably won't play next year at all. First year of the contract is basically free money for Kevin Durant. It's just He's just getting paid to recover this and that. Pistons should have a decent chance to make it. The Eastern Conference, the way this site's drawn out, and I kind of agree with most of these predictions, maybe not every single one of them 100%, that it's pretty much there's a safe group that's going to make it. Eight teams, and then everyone else is just kind of out of it. They pretty much have the Wizards, Hawks, Hornets, Knicks, and Cavaliers missing. Uh, A lot of people have the Rockets way at the top. Now, the Rockets may have the best record in the league at the end of the season, but (laughs) need I say more? Hello? 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 Harden? Westbrook? Yes? Big numbers? MVP numbers, this and that. Their playoff success? Yeah, um, that's their playoff success. <laughs> it's just kind of like non-existent as far as I'm concerned. So, not sure I'm uh, big on the Rockets in the postseason. So, we're just going to kind of start to move forward. Starting off in the Eastern Conference, well... Obviously, I don't think the Knicks and Cavs make it. The Hornets, I, I think the Hornets should be knocking on the door. I think the Hawks move up, obviously, with the nice young additions. But again, young, youth, this and that. I'm kind of around this prediction, like about 29 to 35 wins for the Atlanta Hawks. They have 29 wins. I think they might get up to 35, but don't know how much that's going to matter at the end of the day. The Bulls, obviously, have Zach Levine, and I know everybody locally and internationally that's been a Timberwolves fan thinks Zach Levine is the cat's meow. Yes. He's a very good player. He's a very good offensive player. He's very explosive. I'm not a gigantic fan that I believe he's this future superstar. I think he's real good, though, obviously. Um, He's been around long enough to give you a pretty good sample size, give you a pretty good idea. Is he superstar material? Offensively, okay. He's electrifying this and that, but is he, again, is he superstar material? I keep coming back with the word no. Just a simple answer, no. Uh, Again, not bashing anybody that thinks he is. I just don't see it. At the end of the day, as far as I'm concerned, I think the uh, Philadelphia 76ers and Bucks are going to duke it out for the top record in the Eastern Conference. I do. I think it's going to be kind of like Bucks and 76ers on a collision course the entire season for the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, there you go. I just let the cat out of the bag there. Orlando should have a good chance of sneaking in and making it. Well, not sneaking in. They'll they'll make it with a decent roster, but they, they won't do a whole lot. Pacers, I think Oladipo, as long as he gets, uh, gets closer and closer to being healthy and comes back at a reasonable time. They should have a shot. I think the Brooklyn Nets still have a chance. The Bulls have a decent enough roster and good enough players on their roster that they should at least be in the conversation for the postseason. Uh, you know, it's like you got teams like the Wizards with players being out for the season, this and that. I mean, you're never going to see John Wall again the way it's going. I mean, it's a joke. Bradley Beal is a possibility to come to our club, the Minnesota Timberwolves, someday. Uh, the Bulls obviously have an improving roster. Kobe White has a chance to be very good. We'll see what happens there. Chris Dunn and Kobe White. Obviously, Zach Levine, one of the more recognizable players. Thaddeus Young joined the Bulls in the offseason. Otto Porter Jr., uh, very nice addition in the offseason for the Chicago Bulls. Laurie Markkinen continued to get better and better and better. So the Bulls, I think, squeeze into the postseason. They're going to make it. 
we'll go off my predictions. I think the Bucks retain the number one record in the Eastern Conference, believe it or not. As good as the 76ers are, I think the Bucks will have the best record. This team, this group here has the Bucks winning 54, 76ers winning 58. I think Milwaukee wins 60 again, believe it or not. 76ers win something around 50, 56, 57, 58. Celtics will be hanging around but won't get beyond the second round of the playoffs. They're going to get beat, knocked off by one of these teams. I'm sorry. Uh, boy. I mean, with the Celtics, Raptors, and Heat, that's kind of like the next group there, the next little wave, like the second round potential type teams. Jimmy Butthead is on the Miami Heat now, of course. The old Butthead himself, and I'm sure the Heat are really happy to have him. We'll see how long that lasts. They have a decent roster, but, uh, you know, I mean, they're going to make the playoffs unless he gets hurt for the nine billionth time, which could happen, which could happen. Uh, Deion Waiters is an interesting player. Tyler Hero, Tyler Hero, he's a hero boy. No, he's a good player, obviously. He's a valuable piece. It's a decent roster. Goran Dragic, the Dragon, this and that. Nice, valuable point guard. He's obviously, you know, he's, Father Time's undefeated. He's, he's getting up there a bit. He's 33 already, if you can believe it. And, and Jimmy is 30, the old SOB. Tyler Hero's got that outside game, but he's super young. The Milwaukee, Wisconsin native who torched things for the uh, Kentucky Wildcats last season. It's an interesting roster. Mayors Leonard, the, Portland, the former Portland Trail Blazer, who's already in his seventh season. Udonis Haslam has been around since Adam and Eve were around, I think. He's 39. He's still around. I can't even believe that. Of course, he hasn't really been a factor since the Heat won championships. It's been a while. Kelly Olenek's been there a couple of years. He's not ripping out Kevin Love's uh, shoulder anymore. At least we hope not. Deion Waiters has had a nice resurgence. He's only 27. That's what's weird. These guys, this guy's 39. This guy's 27. Feels like Deion Waiters has been in the league for like 15 years, isn't it? But uh, he's made a decent name for himself in Miami. He's kind of improved a bit just as Winslow already in his fourth season. Boy, that's because a lot of guys come out after their freshman year. If, if, if you're coming out in your sophomore year, you must not be that good because, you, you know, the blue chip guys all come out after their freshman year, you know. So, <laughs> so course, some of them are probably a little too raw to be in the NBA, in my opinion. Jimmy Butthead Buckets. I think the the Miami Heat are right around 5th to 3rd, 5th to 3rd. You know, same with the Celtics, Raptors. It's kind of an interchangeable group. Raptors should still be pretty good. Just they're not going to repeat as NBA champions. I, I, I think it's safe to say. And if they do, wow, that is the story of the century. Like, go Raptors. I wouldn't be surprised if the NBA championship came out of the East, though, this year. I would not be surprised at all. I would not. <laughs> and I'd be kind of happy. I kind of like the Eastern Conference, and I know some of you hate the East with a passion. I think the West is so great. Why? Why do you like to cheer for teams that have been... Why do you like to cheer for teams that have been like a thorn in our side forever? So... I've never understood some of you out there that think that way, but eh, that's your opinion. The Pistons should be able to hang around and still be in the postseason hunt, postseason mix, postseason hunt, this and that. Wizards aren't going anywhere. The Hornets, they should be better. I'm kind of frustrated with that one. Uh, Kemba Walker, gone to the uh, the Celts. The Celts, that's going to be an interesting addition there. As for the, the Hornets, uh... I, I I don't know. I'm, what do you think of the Hornets? What do you think of the Hornets? You got Cody Zeller, you got Bismack Biyombo, Nicholas Batum. Okay, I know Nicholas Batum. Uh, n- no, I love their uniforms. I love their court. I love their colors. I love this. I love that. I love Michael Jordan. He sucks as a 
personnel director, let's just say that, if you can call it that. Um, I don't know, man. Um, Malik Monk is a factor sometimes. Sometimes he's not. Terry Rozier was a nice story with the Celts a couple years ago when Kyrie Irving had his 10,000th injury of his career. He It was a milestone. He reached 10,000 injuries. So, uh, And then uh, Terry Rozier took over and did a pretty good job. For the most part, Marvin Williams has been in the league forever and has done nothing. I don't know. He's just an adequate guy who went second overall in the draft 14 years ago. I, eh, Celtics aren't going to make the playoffs. Le sieur français for Nicolas Batum. Got to love that. Le sieur français. Yes, uh, I like Nicolas Batum, and I'm not making fun of the French, okay? But they could have been a little more help in World War II, I guess. That's just my opinion. Sorry I had to say it. I don't know. There's just a bunch of meh players on the... <laughs> there's just a bunch of guys who didn't live up to this or didn't live up to that. Cody Zeller didn't live up to Michael Jordan taking him as high as he did. Bismack Miambo wasn't nearly the exciting player that some people thought he'd be. Terry Rozier is the only one on this entire roster where it's like he really achieved something more well beyond what people expected. Marvin Williams, just a bleeping bust. Nicholas Batum, the Timberwolves wanted to throw the freaking moon at him. I'm glad that they, the Portland Trailblazers matched it. Thank you. Because that was a bad uh, offer sheet, I think, by old David Kahn himself. What a great GM he was. New York Knicks, you're not going to make the playoffs. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I know. Philip Brown. I love you, Philip Brown. If, if you happen to be listening, he's a, of course, courtside faithful. Maybe a Timberwolves explosion faithful. I believe his son likes the Timberwolves, if I remember correctly. The Brooklyn Nets, they're going to make the playoffs as well. Kyrie Irving, if he doesn't have his 10,000th, or excuse me, it would be his 11,000th injury by now. Uh, the Nets should be in playoff conversation. I believe the Bucks finish first, six or second. Third is going to go to... Should it go to the Celts? Should it just go to the Celts? Because it just should, that type of thing. Because they're the Celtics, and they're just great, but they'll never do anything beyond the second round. And Am I finally right about... Uh, uh, I don't even know. Am I finally right about the Celtics underachieving the last few years? I mean, they really have. I mean, am I finally right? Am I not being a, a dork about it? Enos Cantor, yeah, you know, okay. You got Enos Cantor. You got uh, you got your Jalen Brown. You have some interesting pieces here and there. But at the end of the day, it's like, are they going to do anything? You know, Gordon Hayward was obviously a nice addition. And then very bad luck happened. That's not his fault. Uh, Marcus Smart is a physical son of a gun. But is he that great? okay. Kemba is obviously going to be the star player of the Celtics. I mean, it's not going to be Gordon Hayward. Hopefully his leg will be stronger, this and that, and he'll be able to be a bit, be able to do a bit more than he did the last year or so. I mean, it, it takes forever for those kind of things to really heal. Like, you're healthy enough to play and all that, but you're not the same guy you were, that type of thing. Will Gordon Hayward get closer to what he was before? For his sake, I hope so. And there's no reason to really root against the guy. There's no real reason. He's done nothing that you want to hate him or go against him or anything. Celtics finished third. Yeah, Celtics finished third. I'm going to go with the Heat fourth. Raptors fifth. I'm almost tempted to put the Pacers fifth. I mean, I like Indiana, man. If you hadn't, if, if you've listened to the show like over like forever, and I like Oladipo, and uh, you know, I've kind of always had a soft spot for the Pacers for whatever reason, except when Reggie Miller got on my nerves years ago. I've always had a soft spot for this best, for, for this team. Um, their point guard situation doesn't make me jump out of a jump, jump, jump out of my chair. Uh, Jeremy Lamb has kind of been a bit of a journeyman. He's a decent player. Came over from the uh, OKC Thunder. Victor, Victor Oladipo, if he can get healthy and stay healthy, that type of thing is a huge factor. 
DeMontis Sabonis. Sabonis, the young Sabonis there, obviously a big factor. He's a guy who can make a huge difference for this club for years. Uh, Doug McDermott, uh, guys like that. There's a lot of... That's kind of who the Pacers have always been, like Doug McDermott type players, this and that. And then you get a Victor Oladipo who pops in and makes a makes his mark. Miles Turner's been just a very valuable piece in the short time. He's been in Indy, Justin Holiday, Aaron Holiday. Eh, <laughs> yeah, they're not Drew Holiday, unfortunately, but still factors uh, in Justin Holiday's case anyway. <laughs> Aaron Holiday. Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Malcolm Brogdon is... He can score, that type of thing. Came from the Bucks. He can score a bit, obviously, but is he really a guy who can run an offense? He's kind of more of a shooting guard than a point guard, in my opinion. Uh, it's an interesting situation. Obviously, Oladipo's played point guard. He's played this. He's played that. He's one of those interchangeable type of guys. Pacers will finish. Pacers will finish fifth. Raptors sixth. Magic seventh. So yes, we're gonna go with uh, Bucks one. Sixers, two. Bucks and Sixers, are, I mean, either one of them could go to the finals and win the entire thing. Celtics and everybody else beyond this is not winning the championship. I'm sorry. You know, that's the NBA for you, by the way, if you hadn't noticed. <sighs> Fourth place, again, is going to go to... It's going to go to the Heat. Fifth place is going to go to the Pacers, I think. I, I just have a sneaky feeling about them. Raptors, sixth. Magic, seventh. And the Brooklyn Nets will finish eighth. And if somehow, some way, Mr. Uh, Kevin Durant comes back earlier, the Nets should be able to move up the standings. I, I don't think he's going to come back earlier. I don't. I mean, the NBA is the precaution, the very precautionary league. It's not Luis Arias for the Minnesota Twins, who messed up his ankle pretty good less than a week ago, running into a gigantic uh, tortoise on the, Timber- on the on the Twins. <laughs> Willens us the deal those of you around this town part of town he's called La Tartuga basically the turtle because he's literally shaped like a turtle so yeah when you're bumping to that guy you might get hurt you know and that's what happened and he's back playing I don't know that wasn't a good idea I don't think for the twins last night and of course twins and Yankees is not a good matchup for like forever um the NBA is a very precautionary league guys tear their ACL tear their Achilles break their leg in half like poor Paul George and they don't come back forever, obviously. So maybe Kevin Durant will come back at the end of the season. One way or another, the, the Nets and the Magic will be kind of vying for the 7th and 8th spot, basically, interchangeable. And outside of that, the rest of the teams will not make it. Pistons, Bulls will not make it at the end of the day. I think the Nets do finish ahead of the Pistons and the Bulls. Bulls will be in the mix. They'll be in the hunt. They'll be fighting into the last week or two of the season, but they won't make it. They're just, I don't think they're better than the Nets right now. I mean, the, the Nets, there's a nice vibe going on. And, of course, there's, you know, top-heavy star potential at the end of the day for that club should things turn in the right direction. Hawks will be knocking on the door into next season, I believe. I think the Atlanta Hawks have a chance to be an extremely good basketball team in the next few years, and I hope they will be. I hope they will be. That'd be really cool. So there's your playoff picture what Eastern Conference Finals, Bucks and 76ers. I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer for me. And I do believe the Milwaukee Bucks this time go to the Finals. I keep going back and forth on it. Obviously, the Sixers have a spectacular roster. Oh, boy. I mean, the Bucks. I, I think that how they came close last year and all that. And they came... 
and I just I, I think this is the year that they're going to get through. Uh, Philadelphia is going to get to the NBA Finals at some point. Maybe it is this year. Joel Embiid's health is what it is. You don't know. Josh Richardson, what a nice addition. I mean, that was an easy, smooth transition. You wish the Timberwolves could have pulled that off. As much as we love Robert Covington and all that, he had the bone contusion to end bone contusions on his thigh. I still don't understand what the heck happened there. Uh, L. Horford's a nice addition in terms of veteran leadership, though it's not like the Celtics went on any influential runs with him, necessarily, though they did have a couple of Eastern Conference final appearances. They didn't do a whole lot beyond that. The Cavaliers just swept him right out of there. <clears throat> Josh Richardson, though, is like a younger, better Jimmy Butler minus the attitude. So I think that's an awesome addition. I think it's a borderline upgrade. That's where Philadelphia could get to the finals if guys stay healthy. Obviously, Tobias Harris, gigantic contract, but a very productive player. And his role, I believe, moved up a bit. Al Horford, again, he's not going to really need, need the ball that much to be a uh, efficient and valuable player for the Philadelphia 76ers. Ben Simmons needs to make some bleeping free throws once in a while. That would help. Um, <laughs> maybe he needs to humble himself a little bit, but... That's just about everybody in the league needs to humble themselves these days. Uh, who, who can I show up tonight, right? Joel Embiid, hmm, hint, hint, right? Who, who can I show up tonight? Uh, I'm not bitter about that, though. Uh, Bolden, what a nice addition he was last season, too, from Australia there. I know you guys love him out there, you guys out there in Aussie. Just thankfully, thank you so much to everybody in Australia that listens to this show. I love you guys so much. Uh, Jonah Bolden, yep. Oh, Mr. Stretch for... Stretch five, whatever you want to call him, valuable piece for the Sixers. They could very easily get to the finals. I mean, it's like 51 49 between the Bucks and the Pistons getting to the final. Uh, Bucks and the Pistons. Bucks and the Sixers getting to the NBA finals this year, in my humble opinion. I'm going to lean Bucks. I'm going to lean Bucks right now. I, I kind of have to. I just think they have it. I think they have the potential to be uh, an NBA finals team this year. I hope I'm not wrong. <laughs> they should be. Very much in the mix. Let's try to slide over to the Western and Western, I guess, conference, if you want to call it that. It's interesting when you see all the changes, this and that. Players moving around all over the place. Ricky Rubio's going to the Phoenix Suns, this and that. Uh, He's no longer with the Jazz. What do the Utah Jazz do? Are they still in the mix? I say absolutely. The Los Angeles Lakers should be very much in the mix, but I don't think they're this NBA championship team right now. I don't. I mean, they could be. And of course, yes, there are Laker fans listening to the show. As long as Vince Germano hasn't uh, exited me out yet, Kalen Woods, Stu Benson, as long as you guys haven't uh, unsubscribed and blocked me yet, that uh, I'm still around. There's a certain team a few miles east of here down Glenwood and 55, although either one you want to go. certain team that plays a few, yeah, about two, three miles east of here, my Golden Valley apartment in the target center of the Timberwolves. They're, they'll be, yeah, I mean, they're going to be noticeably improved. And, of course, talked about them significantly in the first segment. In fact, that was the all-Timberwolves, wall-to-wall Timberwolves segment there. The Jake Laymans, the Gorgie Zhangs, the Jarrett Culvers, this and that. You want to get excited about the future there. I don't know. This thing has the Mavericks making the playoffs. But, of course, yeah, the Mavericks have a pretty good couple of players there. So there's a good chance, as long as they're healthy, Mavs should be in the mix. I do think the Rockets do win the Western Conference in the regular season. I think they'll have the best record in the regular season because they have that gaudy lineup, this and that. Or at least they'll be 1-2. This thing has the Nuggets finishing second with only 52 wins. That's kind of weird. Warriors will be very much in the mix. We all know that. 
They're going to be like third, fourth, fifth, something like that. Uh, you know, you don't have Clay Thompson. You don't have Kevin Durant. That's a pretty big loss. Uh, you don't have Iguodala. You don't have <laughs> DeMarcus Cousins, <laughs> this and that. I don't know. Uh, obviously, you got uh, somebody I don't like very much. I'm kind of ticked off about that one, but what, what are you going to do? Uh, I mean, what do you do? What do you do? Uh, I'm just, you know, it always makes me sick when I see teams, <laughs> when, I see, when I see teams that have been good, maybe now they're on the downturn a tiny bit, and then whammo, they get another star player. So it's just like that figures. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, of course, a name I don't even want to mention, but I mentioned him. I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah, Steph Curry, I don't really want to talk about him either. I think we've seen enough of him the last five years, six years, seven years. Clay Thompson, again, yes, he did ink a gigantic contract in the offseason, but again, just like Kevin Durant, more than likely is going to be getting paid to recover. It is what it is. You know, it's a respect thing. It's a star thing, and you know he's going to come back. You know, you know he's going to give it everything he's got, and he wants to come back 100%. He stated that, this and that. He's not going to come in a huge rush to come back by, like, you know, the All-Star break or something. In the old days, a guy like that would be back by the All-Star break, but it, it would be. it's kind of like they're never the same, though, when they do that. So it's not worth it, that type of thing. It's not really worth it, and you're lucky if they're the same, close to the same next year, or the year after that. And by then, he'll be like 32, 33, God, God willing. Uh, 29 already, clock is ticking on everybody. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, still only 23 years of age, coming into the league very young with the Los Angeles Lakers and playing on his third team already, if you can believe that. I wish it was us, but of course it's not us. Uh, he's going to be an interesting addition, of course, to the Warriors. He's going to be kind of all over the place. I guess he's going to play shooting guard at this time because who else is going to play shooting guard right now? So that's why, again, this could be a temporary move, and it gets moved around the All-Star uh, All Star break. It's moved around the trade deadline that's in that in the next season. Very good chance. Maybe he comes to Minnesota anyway, and they're just borrowing him for now to see how things go in the season, or maybe they love him so much they'll keep him forever. Uh, Glenn Robinson the third, massive addition. Okay, not really, but God bless him. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein was an addition in the offseason to back up Kevin Looney. Kevin Looney. Yeah. Well, it's not the same roster as it was. It's just not. Uh, God bless. Yeah, nah, screw the Warriors. Um, Draymond Green, of course, is what he is. So you still got two of, two of the main cogs around. And you remember they won the championship with Andre Iguodala winning the MVP with uh, Curry. Draymond and Mr. Clay at the end of the day and stuff. So I don't want to really think about the Warriors winning any more championships. I want to believe this is it, and I don't think they're going to win it this year. So is, is it okay to say that? Is it okay to say the Golden State Warriors are not going to win the finals? Can we can we like put that to rest? Can we get rid of that and move on, please? I don't want to hear about any miracle comebacks and Clay Thompson scored 60 points against the Rockets and they're back in the finals and what an amazing story. We're so no, go just 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 go away, please. Just just go away, okay? Uh, Rockets will win the regular season record in my opinion. Number 1 record. The number 2 team is not going to be the Denver Nuggets. It's not going to be the Warriors. It's not going to be any of those other teams. It's going to be the Los Angeles Clippers. Why this publication is picking the Clippers to finish fifth in the West with only 48 wins, I don't agree with it. I mean, obviously, Paul George is the kind of guy that gets hurt. Kawhi Leonard has missed a lot of time as well. Uh, but this is the Clippers. This is a different situation. He wasn't happy in San Antonio for some strange reason. I'm not sure what that was all about. 
But uh, shoot, I, I don't know what that was all about, honestly. But it happened that way and stuff. Uh, okay, I got to stop saying and stuff. The Lakers obviously have their potential, this and that. But let's talk about the Clippers some more. I think they're going to be number two in the Western Conference. I think they're going to have the number two record, and I think they have all the talent in the world. They have all the ability to win the Western Conference this season. Now, I shouldn't even say all the talent in the world because it's not like they're filled, they're oozing with talent, but the top two guys obviously are very viable. Love Jamichael Green. I think his role hopefully will move up a bit and help this team move forward. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, obviously two huge stars. Lou Williams is a guy who can score all over the place, off the bench. Sixth man of the year type of guy. Sean Metz, a valuable piece. Jerome Robinson, uh, he's buried on the roster right now. Very good player coming out of Boston College. We'll see what happens with him, though. Really liked his potential, but he barely got anywhere last year. And a lot of rookie players in the NBA these days don't do so great if they're not in the top group. They're not in the blue chip group. As, but as long as Kawhi Leonard and Paul George can stay healthy, <laughs> knock on something, knock on wood, I suppose, they should they should be very much in the mix to win the Western Conference this year, even with a lack of some depth here and there. But if Jerome Robinson, guys like that can emerge and become a piece of Landry Shamet, this and that. Lou Williams continues to be the ageless wonder that he is. He's just been an absolute force off the bench. A lot of people wanted the Wolves to go after him, but I, it's almost like, what's the point there? You'd be kind of wasting him because of his age compared to most of the players on the Timberwolves. He's about a 10 years older, a 10-year gap, this and that. It's not really worth it necessarily. With that said, again, Clippers should be at least number two in the regular season, and we'll see what happens in the postseason. Number three, I guess it's Denver. I mean, they had a very good... They had a very good season last year. Again, long as guys stay healthy, like always, you could say that 100,000 times over and over. They should be able to uh, hang in there. I think they're going to finish. I think they're going to finish third uh, at the end of the day. The Lakers should at least be able to finish fourth. We'll talk about the Nuggets here for a half a second. Obviously, Jokic, the Joker, this and that, very valuable piece. Gary Harris, so valuable. Uh, Dare I call him clutch? Dare I call him consistent? Dare I call him solid? He didn't have the greatest three-point percentage last year, but still. He just got he he just gets the job done when it matters. Will Barton is always clutch and hangs in there and makes big plays when he needs to. Bull Bull is a very interesting addition, and we'll see what happens. That's a long ways off though from him being a huge factor, but an interesting addition via trades and such in the offseason. The monster Bull 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 is joining the Denver Nuggets. Jamal Murray super factor, super potential. He's not a superstar, but I do think I'll continue to say I think he's a better overall player than Zach Levine. I do, and that's just my opinion. And I know you, you take both, or some of you think that Zach Levine's better or that uh, Jamal Murray hasn't proven enough to say he's really better, flat-out better than Zach Levine. I think he's an overall better player, though. It's just but that's what radio is. It's about opinions. I'm not here bashing you. I'm not here calling you an idiot. So don't call me an idiot. That, that That's all. Disagree all you want, damn it. <laughs> Paul Millsap, wily veterans, hung in there forever, can rebound in his sleep, this and that, and he's 34 years old and getting paid a bajillion dollars. But he's he's a pretty good, solid player. Obviously, Mason Plumlee's got that athletic ability, and he can kind of do it all, this and that, valuable piece. Michael Porter Jr. is a very interesting piece as well, who came to the Nuggets last season. Very interesting addition last season. To the Nuggets didn't get to play a whole lot, and we'll see what happens. Nuggets should be very much in the mix, though. 
for the Western Conference, I do not think they represent the West in the NBA Finals. I, I don't know if Denver's ever going to get to the NBA Finals at the end of the day. I, I don't think so. In the Chauncey Billups, Carmelo Anthony days, it was possible, but it just didn't happen. Uh, what was that little guy? Oh, I forgot his name now. <laughs> It'll come back to me. Maybe the really tiny, the little tiny five foot five guy. That guy was a killer, man. He could really hit threes. He was a son of a gun. But uh, Nuggets third, fourth. Lakers, Los Angeles Lakers finish fourth in the Western or Western or whatever conference you want to call it, but they're going to finish fourth at the end of the day. There's no reason why they shouldn't. There's no reason why they shouldn't be other than just stay freaking healthy. Please, LeBron, stay healthy. Dwight Howard's back with the the Lakers. I would love to see this Laker team make a huge push moving forward. I mean, you got Danny Green. Danny Green who has multiple rings now, Toronto and San Antonio with... uh, his buddy Kawhi Leonard, now can he win with the older version, I guess, in a sense, in LeBron James. And LeBron James stay healthy this year. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, is he worth a damn? Uh, Avery Bradley, he's obviously a nice piece on the Lakers now. Will he get to play? I don't know. That's the other thing, but uh, if he does, Avery Bradley, obviously, always a factor. He can kind of do it all off the bench. Rajon Rondo, Quinn Cook, and even LeBron James can play a little bit of point, because he kind of plays everywhere. Power forward, small forward, this and that. Anthony Davis, yeah, I mean, is there more to say there? AD, one of the star players in the league, obviously. And you get a Dwight Howard again. Dwight Howard's back with the Lakers, of all people, with Javal McGee. If Dwight Howard can not mess up the locker room too much, just be a good citizen, get some damn rebounds, block some damn shots. And with Anthony Davis, obviously, as a, one of the star players on the team, if not the star player at this stage in the, uh, Le, Le, uh, LeBron James' career, it's going to be extremely interesting. <clears throat> Unfortunately for old DeMarcus Cousins, man, they had him. They were ready to go. And Yowzer. Yeah, DeMarcus Cousins. ACL. I mean, doesn't that just suck? Doesn't that just suck? And I'm not cheering for anybody to get hurt. I'm not a DeMarcus Cousins fan necessarily, but I don't hate him either. And it seems like the poor guy, every time any type uh, close call, this and that, it's always against him. So I can kind of feel the frustration there. Oh, DeMarcus gets to join the Lakers, ready to go. He's going to be the starting center for the Los Angeles Lakers with Anthony Davis and LeBron James, and he carries his ACL. Carries his ACL in a in a you know in a pickup game in the off season, you know, when they're just working out, just practicing, getting going. And oh, Vin Rock, Vince Germano, I know he's one of your favorite players, and he's finally on your team, and he's out, and he's out. And I, I just I feel for you, brother. I do. I'm not happy about this at all. I think it's really sad. Some people might be laughing at it. It's not funny. It's sad. And I know some, most other people aren't, though. And, and I get that. That just sucks. So, unfortunately for that, he's very unlikely to see the, the court anytime soon. Oh, man. That one bugs me. Oh. But, well, you got Dwight back. <laughs> aren't you happy to have Dwight back? <laughs> no, probably not. Uh, I, I know. I, I, I know. I know you don't want him back that much, but hopefully he can be a good citizen for you. And you got the uh, Greek Freak 2, I guess. You got Greek Freak 2.0 with the Lakers, sort of. Who knows? Maybe he's going to be really good, too. We'll see. Costas. Contest Greek Freak 2, okay? Greek Freak 2.0 or 1.5 or something like that. Maybe 1.5 for now until he proves himself a little bit. Antetokounmpo, uh, yeah, yeah, nobody's going to get it right. Just call him the Greek freak, okay? Just call him the Greek freak. Lakers finish fourth. Now that I've babbled enough and annoyed everybody in the planet.
planet here. Fifth seed, should we go to the bleeping Warriors? Yeah, they'll be around. The freaking Warriors. Yeah, I, I guess. I hate them. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, the freaking Warriors will be in the mix. The bloody Warriors will be in the mix. <clears throat> the bloody Warriors will be the fifth seed. So, so far you got the Rockets. You got the Clippers. You got the Nuggets. You got the Lake Show and the Golden State Schmucks. The Golden State Schmucks are the fifth seed. The sixth seed, Utah, Dallas, New Orleans, or Minnesota? Eh, it's not going to be Minnesota. We're not going to be the sixth seed, but we'll be we'll be around. We'll be dancing around. We'll be trying to tease ourselves into something, I guess. Uh, where do you go? Where do you go from here? Should we look at the Jazz as a possible sixth seed? You got Rudy Goody Gobert, who can block shots in his sleep. Donovan Mitchell, who can do a lot of good things. Mike Conley's a nice veteran addition, who... He'll make the Jazz more competitive, I guess. And I know the Rubio lovers think Rubio's ten times better than everybody, but he's not. Uh, Joe Ingles can hit some shots here and there. Stretch four, Jeff Green is still around, and he's going to, uh, you know, he's a perfect fit for the Jazz, I think, for what the Jazz have always kind of been, that rugged kind of guy uh, who, you know, sometimes he's good, sometimes he isn't. Bogdanovich, Donnie, Donovan Mitchell, Dante Exum. Some of you love him, some of you not so much. He, you know, kind of a catch-and-shoot guy, catch-and-shoot player, still young, still got a future in this league, hasn't achieved a whole lot yet in my opinion, Mike Conley, if he can stay healthy though, amazing addition, but very expensive, but amazing <laughs> at the end of the day Emmanuel Moutier, that guy, what the hell has he done so far, oh, Moutier remember that guy, remember Moutier, the phenom man, the young phenom coming in and that nobody knew a whole lot about yeah, I mean, they should be the sixth seed, I think. With this defensive group and the solid point guard, they should at least make the sixth seed. Utah Jazz finished sixth. <clears throat> at the end of the day, seventh's got to be the Dallas Mavericks, right? Can, can Yeah, I mean, I, Dallas has to make the playoffs again. And it's kind of sad because, uh, obviously, uh, the last couple of years of Dirk's career, it was kind of a mass rebuilding situation. Well, they're rebuilt now, God willing. And if guys can stay healthy, this is a damn good bleeping team. Christoph Porzingis, if he's ready to go, it's going to be a hell of a team. Seth Curry with the Dallas Mavericks. Luka Doncic. Obviously, a lot of you think he's like Magic Johnson practically out there. Love him. I love him. I'm not blown away yet, but I think he's a hell of a player. I think he's a hell of a player. Uh, DeLon Wright leading the way. Jalen Brunson, the veteran. Or not the veteran, but the, the guy from uh, the solid, steadying force for the national champion Villanova Wildcats. Pretty awesome. Tim Hardaway Jr., who's carved out a niche for himself in the career. Courtney Lee's still alive. Wow. Courtney Lee is still living. Wow. He's still living. He's been a factor at times for teams like Memphis and such. Will he help the Mavericks out? We'll see, I guess. Seth Curry has carved out a niche for himself as well. Seth Curry has carved out a niche. He's a role player. He's not a star. He's wearing the same number as his brother this year. Oh, I wouldn't even do that if I were him. Don't, I wouldn't even do that, but I guess maybe it's representing his dad instead. Uh, yeah, I like Jalen Brunson. He's a nice veteran. Or, I keep calling him a veteran. He's not. He's a nice stabilizing force. He was a veteran type of guy for Villanova. He was that type of player for them. He played all the way till his senior year. That's why. And he really helped the club. Uh, J.J. Barea is recovering from Achilles. I don't expect him to play this year, but maybe. Maybe he'll come back. He's one of those gritty, annoying punk players, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, God bless him. Mavericks should be very much in the mix, and they will make the playoffs this year as long as these guys stay healthy. And if they do make the playoffs, and 
Luka Doncic is taking that step forward this year, and Kristaps Porzingis is healthier than he's been in a while, they might make some real noise in the first round. They really might. If, if they somehow get into the sixth seed, something like that, they might knock off a team like Denver. I think the Dallas Mavericks, if they're ready to go, if they're just ready to go, they might be one of those interesting upset type of teams in the first round because of the star power of the Dallas Mavericks and the nice solid pieces that go along with these guys as well. It's going to be a very fascinating postseason with Dallas, I think, moving forward into the season of regular variety. So, who's left? Who's left? Who's going to be holding the bag? Who's going to be in the playoffs? Are the Timberwolves going to make it? Are the Thunder going to make it with Chris Paul? Are they going to still make it? The Thunder will not make the playoffs. Uh, this publication has Portland dropping off to the off the off the map after what they did last year they should still be in the mix i'm almost feeling bad looking at this now i'm almost feeling like i underrated them a bit here portland has to make it i don't think the pelicans or the timberwolves make it pelicans and timberwolves will be in the mix this thing has the wolves winning 42 games this year wouldn't that be cool i think most of us are leaning towards 35 to 38 which means out unfortunately and 42 might be way out this actually has the wolves finishing ninth can you believe it with portland actually two games behind us the Blazers are going to make it. The Spurs, I don't think so. I think the Spurs finally miss. I hope they miss, though they never do. That type of thing. I might be a total moron not picking the Spurs, but one of these teams can't. I mean, only one of these teams can make it, unless I'm going to knock out the Mavericks. I think the Mavericks are going to go to the playoffs this year. Clippers, for sure, are going to make it. The Warriors, the Jazz, but the Lakers. Well, if LeBron's hurt again, the Lakers are still going to make it, I think, with that roster. Because now they have Anthony Davis. Like, if they don't make it, that'd be a huge bust. I don't think the Lakers are an NBA championship contender, but I do think they're very, 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 very much in the mix. Portland's got to be the eighth seed, right? They've got to at least be the eighth seed. It's going to be an interesting kind of a back and forth with them, Dallas, uh, and Utah for that sixth seed. They're going to all kind of be an interchangeable group. Portland's got to make it, right? Is Portland that bad? I mean, I don't know. They shouldn't be. They should. They should make it. I don't know why they have Portland like 13th. 13th? They're not that bad. Uh, they're not that great either. Don't get me wrong. They overachieved in the playoffs and then got just washed. They just got absolutely wiped out of the freaking Western Conference Final. And I hated it because I wasn't cheering for them. Not at all. Not at all. It's a, you know, Portland should be. They should be. They should be in the mix. They got pieces. Kent Bazemore, the former Laker. I can't believe he's 30 already. That's weird. Rodney Hood, clutch shots in the playoffs. Helped them knock out Denver. Yeah, I don't think they're going to any West Finals again. It's just kind of how Portland is. They have their good year, and then they drop off a bit. But I do think they're still playoff, very much a playoff mix type of team, unless guys get injured. Will Anthony Simmons move up a little bit? Because he was basically a complete non-factor last season. Zach Collins, bits and pieces, this and that. Hassan Whiteside is a very nice addition if he doesn't pollute the, uh, what you call it, if he doesn't pollute the locker room. That's where things are going to get very interesting (laughs) for him. Yeah, Anthony Simmons played Simons. Simons barely played last year, seven minutes a game. Paul Gasol, if you can believe it, Paul Gasol is now a part of the Portland Trailblazers. That's the strangest thing ever. Still playing and major drop-off the last couple of years, down to about four points and four and a half rebounds a game. We'll see what happens with uh, Mr. Paul Gasol. He is uh, way, way up there in years, unfortunately. He is almost 40. In fact, he'll be turning 40 on July 6th next year, so... Paul Gasol, very likely in his last season, I gotta think, in the league. Played a couple minutes with the Bucks last year. 
barely got to see the court. It's kind of sad because he was still a factor in 17-18. 10 points, 6, or no, 10 points, 8 rebounds, this and that. A couple of assists, a couple blocks, this and that. Good, valuable guy, but uh, I got to think he's nearing the end. Obviously, Vin Rock, Vince Germano, and others loved him very much. Of course, Mr. Uh, Hank McCoy slash ha- <laughs> Wayne Hunt is his real name with the uh, Memphis Grizzlies for many years as well. So we'll just see what happens with that. I do think Portland squeezes in with the eighth seed. And again, it could be an interchangeable group with Dallas and Utah. Maybe Portland's all the way up to sixth and Dallas and Utah drop a spot or two, depending on who at the end of the day. So Western Conference Finals, I think the Rockets get to the West Finals, but they're not going to win the West Finals. It's going to be the Clippers and the Houston Rockets. Clippers versus Bucks in the NBA Finals. Did you ever think you'd hear anybody say the Clippers and the Bucks in the NBA Finals? Did you ever think that? The Rockets, and if they get to the Finals, they'll find a way to lose. They're not going to win. James Harden is not a playoff performer. Um, Greatest regular season player ever, along with his counterpart there, who's almost the same type of guy, even though it's, you know, they're different players, but their mentality, the, the, the stat padding, this and that. God bless them to the moon. Their talent is so amazing, this and that. They get on people's nerves, though. Russell Westbrook and James Harden, they stink in the playoffs. I mean, their team is going to be way ahead of the team's way at the bottom, but maybe a team like a Dallas could knock them off in the first round and pull off a spectacular upset. Maybe they could pull off a Denver versus Seattle. That's the team that could knock them off. Portland is not going to knock off the Rockets. Utah, probably not. Nah. Utah would probably get beaten five. The team that could knock the Rockets off right away or in the second round, if somehow the Mavericks get there, is, is Dallas. Yeah. Dallas is a team that's going to knock somebody out in the first round, I think, if they are flat out, if they're ready to go. But I think the Los Angeles Clippers are going to win the and they're going to win the Western Conference. It might be the weirdest thing you ever heard in the world. The Rockets are the most stacked roster, but again, their two-star players are, can I say this? When it comes to the playoffs, they're losers. Losers. Did I say that? Yes. James Harden and Russell Westbrook are losers when it comes to May and June. They're losers. They're, they're not going to win an NBA championship. They will go ringless. They will never win a championship unless they are playing on a roll at an old age on a really, really, really good team in a couple of years, something like that. They will never win an NBA championship as a lead star. They will not do it. I said it. I said it. Is that a big take? I don't even think that's a big take because, well, hello? Hoop? Hoop? What, what, what have they done so far when it comes to championships? Yes, I'm an asshole. I'm bashing people for calling them ringless or they've never won anything. Well, they haven't. They haven't. I mean, that's all there is to say. They haven't. So I think I have a pretty good case here. Clippers win the West, or in, as weird as that sounds, because I can't really pick anybody else. I can't pick the Lakers. I can't do it. Good roster, but a bunch of old guys that get hurt all the time. Now LeBron has become one of those type of guys until, well, if he stays healthy and has a spectacular season, go get them Lakers. They, maybe they go and beat the Bucks and win it all this year. And I'm way, 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 way off. Maybe the Warriors miraculously win again, which would be about as disappointing as thing I've ever seen. The Rockets aren't going. The Nuggets aren't going. The Portland Trailblazers aren't going. It's the To me, it's the Clippers. They're the common denominator for me, winning the West. I don't think the Clippers win the finals, though. It's going to be, it's going to come out of the East. It's going to be the Sixers or the Bucks. And the fact that I picked the Bucks, I guess it's the, I guess the Bucks win the NBA title. I think the Sixers or Bucks are the two best teams in the NBA this year. I think that's a fact. 
the dynasty for Golden State is over. Thank God. Good frickin' riddance. Uh, they'd have massive competition with the Brooklyn Nets if Kevin Durant didn't tear his Achilles tendon, but he did. He tore his Achilles tendon. They just had to throw him out there in that game. They just had to throw him out there, and they did, and, well, it proved to be a flat-out disaster for the uh, Golden State Warriors and for Kevin Durant even more so than the Golden State Warriors because they weren't going to win that game without him. They weren't going to win that game without Kevin Durant, so they were going to lose. Um... And it proved to be a huge disaster for Kevin Durant opting to play in that game. Still, he's still got the money, but, well, yeah, now it's a wasted season. Big bucks, but just in a rehab center all bleeping season, you know, working on that uh, tendon and uh, all the other, the calf muscles and all the other things you got to do to get that leg ready to go so you don't tear your calf next or something else, something stupid else, you know, like, you know, overcompensation, you injure the other leg, you know, you tear the calf muscle, or yeah, the calf muscle's all sore all year, it's pulled, and this and that, or you rip the other Achilles, because again, overcompensation, so for me, the Sixers or the Bucks are going to win the NBA Finals this year, uh, at this point, I'm picking the Bucks, but it's, for me, it's like, again, like I said, 41, 51, 49, Bucks or Sixers win the NBA Championship this year, a very young Upstart team with uh, some good solid from some awesome top heavy type of players are going to win the championship. The Sixers are the deepest team in the league. So a lot of people picking Philadelphia to win the title this year, you ain't stupid at all. In fact, to me, they're almost the favorite. I almost want to pick them over the Bucks right now. I almost do. I am picking Philadelphia to win the title this year. I, 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 I'm the only reason why I didn't is because they just. You know, they haven't proven anything in the postseason yet. I am going to pick the Sixers to win the NBA title. I'm changing it. I'm picking the Philadelphia 76ers. That roster is so deep. And Jimmy's gone. This and that. Jimmy is what he is. You know, he's whatever. I don't think he really was a big problem in the locker room. But just he's just got that presence that doesn't help. His, his presence doesn't help. I think Josh Richardson is going to be that extra piece an extra positive piece. I think he takes a step up. Maybe his statistics aren't spectacular, but he takes a step up as an overall player. I think the Philadelphia 76ers win the NBA championship at the end of the season. And there you go. So, hearkening back to the Dr. J days, 1983, the Philadelphia 76ers are the world champions of the NBA. With that said, we will take a quick break and get to some fan interaction right after this. here on Timberwolves Explosion Fan Interaction. Time to wrap up this big, giant, juicy, beautiful season preview. Once again, yet another of these 12 years in a row now. Season preview, Timberwolves Explosion. I've enjoyed every second of it. At Wolves Explosion. At Wolves Explosion is the Twitter account. Very, very quiet, unfortunately, because I didn't tweet a whole lot at all, really. And I guess just want to thank uh, Vinrock Vince Germano, who calls himself Lakers Pies Browns, or at Vinrock44 on Twitter, and Levi Wilson Brown, Levi Brown, for retweeting the most recent show, which was a few months ago, back in July 6th. 
quiet offseason for the Timberwolves, of course. Yes, solid additions, and we talked about that on the last episode. It all kind of happened in that short little time span. And, of course, the Jared Culver act was uh, Jared Culver draft pick and trade, whatever, trading for Jared Culver and uh, drafting Jalen Noel, much to the chagrin of some people passing on Bull Bull and others along the way. It just kind of is what it is. Twitter, very, very quiet. I want to thank those of you, though, that do interact with me on there during the season, and I will tweet more often. It's just been a quiet run here. Unfortunately, Facebook page a little more busy, a bit more of an interaction on here, I'd have to say. Facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. Facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. We go back to where we left off. No comments on the post of the recent or of the newest show, so to speak. Roundtable discussion. Can Jared Culver bring the Wolves? Or what can he bring to the Wolves? No comments on that one, unfortunately. Here's a couple here. Tyus Jones, and I didn't even talk about this, that he uh, wound up with the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. uh, Over to uh, Wayne Hunt's team there of the Courtside Podcast. Wayne Hunt, the alpha dog of the Courtside Podcast. This is where you hear from these guys and all that. Jared uh, Culver. Nope, I keep mentioning that name. Tyus Jones, three-year, $28 million offer sheet with the Grizzlies, which the Wolves did not match. And talk is from uh, Woj that the Wolves are looking to uh, pursue some big free agents next summer. And, well, I hope so we'll just have to wait and see how that happens. Vin Rock, Vince Germano. Vince Germano out of Melbourne, Australia says, oh, man, renounce Napier and bring back Tyus. Kid knows how to run a team. And, yeah, unfortunately, the Wolves did not. Wayne Hunt out of Sydney says, finally sent to a team that will appreciate him. Thumbs up. Oh, look at you. Sebastian Barton locally here in the, uh, well, in Mankato anyway, says, whoops. Angel Rosa says, Wolves ain't making any smart moves. Sean Grant, locally, I believe Minnetonka, if I remember correctly, says, why are we losing him in favor of bleeping Napier? Come on. Boo. No. F-bomb, basically. So, and I agree, Sean. It's sad to see him go. It, it is. I like Sean. I like uh, Tyus Jones. Very, very frustrating indeed. Very, very frustrating. I believe Sean Grant's from Minnetonka. He might be a Cal guy, but uh, we'll keep moving. Timberwolves claimed Tyrone Wallace off of waivers. He's a point guard who's got some chance, but we'll see. He'll, he'll get a shot in the training camp and all that with the Timberwolves, which is going on right now, thankfully, with the rainy skies here as I'm recording this show today. All day raining. Every single segment today, all in one. Big, rainy, busy day. Uh, Tyrone Wallace. Tyrone Wallace will be, uh, well, he's going to get a crack with the Timberwolves, of course, but I think we're just kind of deep at every position and guaranteed contracts and I don't know, it's hard to guarantee much to anybody that isn't guaranteed already. I wish the Twins were guaranteed a win versus the frickin' Yankees, but uh, they haven't been guaranteeing a whole lot there either. Tyrone Wallace. want to look at him for a half a second. I wanted to talk about him earlier, too. There was no conversation on there, if I remember correctly, just a couple of likes. Uh, at the end of the day, again, you know, it's a, it's a crapshoot for him to make the team. The Bakersfield, California native minimal action throughout the course of his career, but at least he made some money. <laughs> Over a million. It's in that second round pick from the Jazz, for the Jazz in 2016. Played a couple games of the Clippers. Well, he played 62 games of the Clips last year. 3.5 points, but his rookie year though with the Clippers, 30 games only. three thirty minutes a game almost. 29 minutes. 9.7 a game. And that was a playoff game, so don't forget. So Tyron Wallace could be an intriguing addition to the Wolves. He's a pretty good rebounder for a point guard, that's for sure. 
got a little chance. He's a taller guy, so we'll see. Six foot five point guard who can kind of play both positions. Does he bring any special skills? Hard to say other than he's athletic. He couldn't make a free throw last year for some reason, but as a rookie, he shot about 78% from the free throw line. Cannot make threes, unfortunately, and that really hurts unless he really worked on it in the offseason, and he better have 25%, just under 24% through his career, as it was worse last year in limited action. So I think his chances of making the team are slim to none, unfortunately, but it's at least a bit of a conversation. And here it is. Uh, Adrian Wojnowski, this whole thing when uh, the Wolves passed Tyus Jones and watched him walk to Memphis. Woj, the Woj bomb, says, Among reasons for not matching on Jones, Minnesota is pursuing max cap space in 2020 free agency. Without space this summer, the Wolves were a finalist for D. Russell. They'll work to get back into the market with real flexibility next year. And hopefully, eh, hopefully, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see how things go there. Uh, yep, there it is. The Wolves signed Nas Reed to a multi-year deal with the Timberwolves. Nas Reed, a couple of uh, non-guaranteed after the first year. First year's guaranteed, but after that, non-guaranteed for Mr. Nas. Naj Reed coming to the Timberwolves. Okay, sorry. I don't know where the Sean Connery thing came from. And when you talk about salaries and free agency and all that good stuff, the Timberwolves are actually 18th in the league, 127, 403,000. 127 million, 403,769 was their cap right now this season. Going into next year, 20 million less. So that's going to be very interesting. Again, ranked 18th in the, in the NBA. Andrew Wiggins is ahead of Carl at the moment. And eventually, Carl will pass him slowly but surely. Andrew Wiggins will be making 33.6, 33.6 in 22-23, and then he's a free agent in 23-24 as Andrew Wiggins. So four years remaining there. Carl got a bit of a longer contract, and it's going to climb, climb, climb. 36 million dollars coming to him in 23-24 as we move forward. Jared Culver has a qualifying offer amount or uh, of 10 million in 23-24, so he'll be here obviously for a while. Jeff Teague, 19 million, will be coming off the books. There's your 20 that'll be missing into next season. Uh, Noah Vunley, 2 million. Shabazz, 1.8. Trevon Graham, 1.6. Jordan Bell, 1.6. About $20,000 difference there. Mr. Uh, Gorgie Zhang in 21-22 will be a free agent. 16.2 right now. 17.2 next year for gorgeous Gorgie Zhang. Robert Covington, extremely reasonable. Very good deal here. 11.3 this year, 12.1 next year, and 12.9 two years from now. And becomes a free agent after that. Hopefully we can keep him around, depending on his health and such. So there will be cap space coming, depending on which direction the Wolves head. Nas Reed, I guess it is a while. But I thought it was non-guaranteed, though. Hmm. But it is for a while. It uh, looks like the fourth year is a team option. So never mind. It's a three-year deal, and it's not very expensive. Eight. 898000 and change this year. Though I would take an extra $310 any day of the week. <laughs> What's up with this 310 A couple guys have it. 1.5 next year. 1.5 with 18. 1.7 with 82 the year after that. And then a team option of 1.9 after that. Similar to Jalen Noel. In fact, it's the exact same contract except the first year where Jalen Noel gets 1.4 mil this year. So good for Jalen Noel be with the Wolves for uh, at least a few years and hope for the best there. Lindell Wigginton, 898. That's interesting. Cole Aldrich still on the books after being released. Jordan McLaughlin and Kalen Martin are getting 79568 for at least being a part of things right now and good for them. Uh, the two-way contract 
should they wind up with the uh, Iowa Wolves. So, yeah, they'll at least be with Iowa. That's the good thing. They're not necessarily getting cut and sent packing. They're winding up with Iowa, most likely, depending on how things go. So, gosh, a little under 80 grand to play for the Iowa Wolves. I'd love it. There it is. This is what I thought. This is what I thought. Nas Reed's contract is not guaranteed after 2019-2020. That's what I thought. It's non-guaranteed. Same for uh, Jalen Noel. That's interesting. And that might be what some of the squabble was. Hey, you know, give me some guarantee here. Jalen Noel not guaranteed after this year. Interesting. So the contract's there. It's just not guaranteed. Ouch. Ouch. Tata uh, Bates' job, his contract is not guaranteed if... Oh, no. It becomes guaranteed if not waived by July 7th, 2020. So his 2021 contract will become guaranteed if he's not waived by July 7th. And for Katie Bates Jop's case, I hope he is guaranteed. I hope he does not get waived. I think he's a good player. He's not a star, but he will see minutes at the small and power forward positions, mostly power forward position. I like Katie Bates Jop. I thought he uh, I thought he looks like a legitimate NBA player. He's never going to dazzle you, never going to never going to surprise anybody, but he's going to be good. Looks like Tyrone Wallace very possibly will be on the Wolves roster coming into the season. We'll see. We'll see. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how this turns out. Hopefully for the best for him. <laughs> Jake Lehman, three, 3.6 basically, and then 3.7 and 3.9. And those are guaranteed years for Mr. Jake Lehman, up to 21-22 there for Jakey Jakey. Okay, sorry. <laughs> That's about $10 million, $11 million after all is kind of added up together. But a little over $11 million for Jake Lehman over a three-year span. So, yes, let's continue forward. You think that would be in segment one, but it's here now. And yes, Nasrid is not guaranteed. That's what I thought. Intriguing, though. Intriguing indeed. I thought there were a couple of comments. Sean Grant says yes. I'm glad he's. Re- I'm glad he's really good, and I agree. It's going to be fun. It's going to be very fun to see how things go with uh, uh, Nasrid. He showed serious potential, to be quite honest. The Wolves then introduced uh, Mr. Bell, Graham, Layman, Napier, and Vunley to the media. There, nice little press conference bunch of role players who have a chance to be a factor for this club. This is interesting. Jock, Jock Landale highlights. Yep, this was a player that uh, Vinrock Vince Germano wanted me to check out. And yes, I was saying he would be a nice fit for what Rosas wants to do. Solid stretch four, really crisp three-point shot. Very good player for the Bucks, and he had uh, he's got potential. He really does. He's got a very crisp shot. Uh, he was on the Milwaukee Bucks Summer League. And that is nice stuff. Vinrock Vince Germano says He's played well against you blokes the past two games. Yep, and that was in the uh, again the summer league. I was saying it would be fun to have him. I hope he surfaces in the NBA soon. And yeah, I mean he might be uh, maybe he's a, maybe he might end up being a better version of Jake Lehman someday with that really crisp shot. Uh, Joe Branch was added to be an assistant GM. Yet another assistant general manager. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, no, he is the assistant GM, the uh, vice president of operations. Yep, that was another guy brought in uh, a couple months ago as well. We'll continue forward. Kevin Garnett, top 30 players of all time for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Let's look at that a bit. What the heck? What the heck? This is from Dunking with Wolves. Dunking with Wolves. Stefan Marbury ranked 30th. And, oh, it's one of those where you just keep pressing up. Deadeye Fred. So Deadeye Fred is ranked higher than Stefan Marbury. Do I sense a little frustration with how Marbury ended up? Deadeye Fred. Fred Hoyrig. Love him very much. TP for three. Terry Porter, 28th. Cool Hand Luke. I wouldn't put Luke Ridnour above Marbury and uh, Terry Porter. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Come on, guys. 
Come on, God. Trenton Hassel? Uh, okay. Dean, no. No. Come on, guys. Tony Campbell, 24th. Okay, sure. Very good player. He only played there one year or two. A couple of years. Chauncey Bills, Mr. Big Shot. Oh, I loved him. He wasn't as good here, but God, I loved him. Tyrone Corbin. There we go. There we go. That was a guy that was only here for about a year or two. He was really good. Very good player. 21, Michael Williams. Well, the the first year he was here, he was freaking awesome. And then just, uh, you know, the, uh, the cushioning in his foot went, uh, literally like disappeared. And he was walking on his, his bone, like his, the heel of his bone was going on the ground. That had to hurt. Number 20, Gorgie Zhang. Okay. Number 19, Joe Smith. I'd almost rather have Gorgie Zhang than Joe Smith. Getting wiggy with it. 18, Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> Anthony Peeler is ranked higher than Andrew Wiggins. Seriously? Seriously? And, and, and Stefan Marbury? I know Marbury was a jackass and he left early. But, I mean, I know. You can't put Marbury in your top five necessarily because he wasn't here long enough. Anthony Peeler. Anthony Peeler. Mr. I'll take the ball and shoot it whenever I feel like. And No. I'm sorry. No. A Rochdale Revolution. Eh, 16. Come on, guys. Ugh. Yet another original Wolf. Boo Poo Richardson. That's kind of high. 15th. I'd rather have Michael Williams. And a long, a long time original Wolf. Doug West. 14. Okay. And that's a guy I've long mentioned. I'd love to have him on this show someday. Doug West. Out of all the former Timberwolves, that's the one I think I want. Because uh, lots of good memories. And he has a story to tell. He has a story to tell. And he just kind of vanished. Number 13, Big Al Jefferson. What a valuable player he was. Number 12, Peck. Peck? You put Peck above Al Jefferson? Okay, Jefferson wasn't here that often, but uh, Christian Leitner often underrated. Okay. Yeah, okay. 11th. I, I guess. He was pretty good when he was here. Number 10, TB. Terrell Brandon. Okay. Well, yeah, okay. Sure. I like Terrell Brandon. Uh, kind of, when he wasn't like, I don't know. Yeah, I liked him. Number nine, Gugliotta. Tom Gugliotta. I wish he was here longer. He would have been higher. Oh, too bad he got hurt from a stupid role player with the Suns. Number eight, Ricky Rubio. They rank him number eight. Okay, that's, yeah, I think that's a little high, but I guess. Number seven, Sam Iyam. You could always say that's high, too, but boy, was he valuable. Boy, was he valuable, but it's when you consider how many players were ranked super low, it's kind of sad. Maybe they just weren't here long enough. Number six, Sam, I am take two. Sam Cassell, okay, sure. That's good territory for him. He was so valuable in a short time. Don't put this asshole in the top five. I don't care. He was here for one year, man. Come on. This asshole? Yeah, Jimmy G. Let's just, I don't even want to mention his name anymore. You know who it is. Jimmy B, not Jimmy G. Number four, Wally's World? Hmm. Hmm. Oh, there's a lot of guys he's ahead of, but I guess he was here a while. And he made the All-Star team once, and he was pretty good. Number three, Cat, Carl Anthony Towns. Okay, sure, because I know the other two guys are named Kevin that are ahead of him. Yes, three guys named Kevin ahead of him, or two guys named Kevin ahead of him, including, yeah. So he'll he'll be ahead of one of the Kevins, I think, pretty soon. K-Love, number two. Yes, I know. He was very valuable. Super stretch for you. He was here six years. And number one is going to be, are you ready for number one? Do you, do you want? Are you ready to guess who number one is? Are you ready? Are you ready? Felton Spencer, number one for the Timberwolves. Okay, no, it's Kevin Garnett. Number one, yes, it's Kevin Garnett. Wish he would talk, took a couple more clutch shots. It'd be nice, but uh, yes, Kevin Garnett's number one all-time for the Timberwolves. Okay, there. Did I, did I say it now? Did I say Kevin Garnett's number one all-time for the Timberwolves? So, as much as I rag on him sometimes for not being clutch or 
I don't know, maybe a sour attitude and stuff, but um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a little too honest and I should chill out sometimes. But it is what it is. He is the number one player in franchise history. And uh, I don't think it needs a whole lot of debate getting into that. As good as Love could be at times, his defense was nowhere near Kevin's. And quite frankly, similar to Carl Anthony Towns so far. But Carl will definitely be better than K-Love within a year, probably. We'll probably be able to put him ahead of uh, K-Love. And then it'll be Cat versus Kevin for the Grand Poobah Timberwolf. And it's going to take a while to get that, unfortunately, for uh, Carl. It's going to take a while to get to that uh, to get to that throne as the uh, the Alpha Wolf of all time for the Timberwolves. With that said, that pretty much concludes the Facebook page conversation. And uh, it just is what it is. You know, off-season, there was a lot of quiet stretches because there wasn't a whole lot of action. There really wasn't. There was just a couple little press conferences. You brought it, introduced this guy. You picked this guy up on waivers. And this guy signed a non-guaranteed contract after this year. And, well, okay. Uh, so there wasn't really a whole lot of stuff to do a show on. So today we waited for the preview, and here it is. And I hope you've enjoyed every minute of the show. I apologize if it's a little too long for some of you. But it's a preview. Season previews are never short. That's a reality. Season previews are, are never short. So hope it's not too crazy, too long for you. Hope to hear from some of you. We'd like to get your interaction audio-wise on this show. It would be nice, nice to hear your voice and mine right in this segment. The phone lines are 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Timberwolves Explosion to your statement, shout-out, comment, question, and opine. Remember, it is a three-minute limit because it is an actual voicemail, so do be aware that you will get cut off after three minutes. It's not me standing there pressing a button and being a meanie. It's the way it is. I think most of you understand that by now. It's kind of old-school technology, to be quite honest. And then there's the audio submission route, which is kind of new school a little bit. You can use your smart device. You could use a laptop or desktop with Audacity and a microphone. Either one, smart device, your Xbox, who knows what the heck you might use with a microphone. Or again, your smart device, your smartphone, your iPad, your, 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 your Samsung tablet, whatever the hell you use. Treat it like a phone call. Basically, you press record, treat it like a phone call, hit stop, save it, and send it to PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. I will then convert it into an MP3 file thanks to Zumzar or Converto.com. Great websites which give me a free service to do that. So I'm more than willing to give them a free plug on this show and my other two shows, Purple Mafia for the Vikings and Brave the Wild for the Minnesota Wild. Check those out if you'd like to do that. <laughs> Anytime possible, you're more than welcome to listen to those. But, um... Yeah, those those two websites give you they give you uh, they would charge a small fee if it's like a big file, maybe something big like a big podcast like this. Maybe it was all in four hundred eighty or whatever, and I can't upload it to Hipcast or something, so I want to convert it all into MP three file. Boom, there it is. So that's how you do it. They charge a small fee for that. Should you need a large file, turn it into an MP three or some other type of uh, audio uh, file this and that, some other type of conversion. With that said, I want to thank all of you very much. Please write a positive rating for Timberwolves Explosion on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher. It would be greatly appreciated. I'll mention it on air, and thank you. Uh, I appreciate it so much, those of you that are kind enough to do that. Makes this show more attractive to potential new listeners. Can't thank those of you enough from Australia that have helped out this show. Those of you locally in the United States or Twin Cities or whatever. Canada, I've had a few there. Thank you guys in Canada. I'm not hating on Wiggy, okay? Wiggy, Wiggins. I just call him Andrew Wiggins. I'm not big on nicknames. I'm not big on nicknames. I'm really not. I don't do the Wigs. I don't do the KG. I don't do the Cat. I just say Carl, Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins. Oh, you know, I just say their name the way I want to say their name. 
that's just how I am. I just don't do the, the nicknames very often, maybe in short spurts here and there. Uh, with that said, thank you again. God bless you, and we will be back sooner rather than later to talk about NBA basketball, regular season basketball, and maybe if some kind of strange news happens between now and then, which I would hope it wouldn't, unless it's super good, I'll be back on the air. Until then, though, take care and, uh, well, stay dry at this point. Thank you.